Welcome back, Pilots Ahoy. Let's just do a quick recap. What do y'all remember from last time on Habit of Force, Coldest Iron? We met each other. We, I think we were in a hacienda uh, is the, the base. I don't remember the name of it, but I remember that it's like pretty cool. Um, I have down in my notes, chocolate is bad luck in mechs. Yep. The organization we work for is Rainbow Thorn. Um, yes. And Terra Brownies are the uh, thing to trade around uh, the Hacienda from the comic series. Um, yes. And then we had some target practice, and then we got no fight. <laughs> <laughs> so, so to recap, some candy good, some candy bad. Also, there was some murder in there. Right. Kind of mixed in. Yeah. Perfect. Do you remember um, we got into a fight? I just remember that we dropped into like a schoolyard and we just picked on some like football players. I remember there was a use of a lot of cover and I shot a bunch of mines at people. Um, I and used then my I, knives real good. Yeah, I <laughs> murderized a guy with a sword right at the end. Eventually you use your knives real good. So some Principality of America forces got ambushed and just got shit rocked by some uh, 180th cavalry from the USA, USA, USA. And you all came along later to sort of save the survivors from the cleanup crew, the secondary squadron. So you got dropped in to the uh, rugby field in Dayton, Ohio which, boy howdy, was that a Wikipedia hole to fall down. Any Anything else that you think would be good for the listeners to keep in mind? Um, I do like the idea that despite all of us having very different ages and time periods, all of us have the distinct memory of jumping off the monkey bars and requiring to lower ourselves as much as possible to avoid <laughs> the humiliation of our peers. It's a universal experience, for yes. sure. Uh, I also want to point out from the notes doc, uh, since we're bringing up mech names, did we know uh, that Ironsi's mech was titled From the Window to the Walnut? No, you did not. <laughs> we are looking at classified information right now. That is I, dangerous. I apologize if I ruined a, a special goof for, for later. Great. I love how real our names are, like the grace of God. And then our <laughs> badass NPCs from the window to the walnut. I think that, that that's that's great. So CompCon calls for a call sign, and that's different from the from the pilot's name. So I decided, for whatever reason, I decided that she was Walnut. I don't know why Ironsi was going by Walnut. I don't remember why I made that choice. So then it came to naming her Mac, and I'm like, well, um, that's it from the window to the walnut. Perfect. I like that in the spirit of how in a lot of anime, there will be like a group that all sort of share a themed name, right? So there yes. could be like Walnut, Almond, you'd have different nut names uh, in the higher ups. That's exactly it. Uh, I love that. For y'all's edification, the one thing I do want to remind you of is that when you were going through the stadium, the rugby stadium, you did find that someone, presumably a princey pilot by the name of Corporal Lily Fitzroy, Corporal Fitzroy stole a soldier's uniform and is presumably somewhere in Dayton, Ohio still, uh, but we don't know what's going on with her just yet. 
Oh, well, that's wonderful. It is. I'm sure your paths will never intersect. That's not how good narrative works. She's in her own podcast. Jesus. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> Next season on the Adventure Zone. Um, <laughs> this is Shekhov's gun, but it's in like four plays from now. It, exactly. Yes, and it, she, her, um, her story is only going to develop as we do Casper mattress ads. That's how that works. <laughs> exactly what you want. Love that. So during the fight last time, cosmological constant kind of got beat up some, got shot up quite a bit, and Owen Apollo's poor mech lost one of its arms. Is am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. <laughs> the mech doesn't like talking about it though. Yeah. That's understandable. And that's what we open on is we are in the garage, which is basically just a glorified barn at the Hacienda, the cosmological constant is in for repairs. So there's a catwalk scaffolding around the cosmological constant. And Owen is standing on that, sort of looking into the, the torso of the cosmological. And in there, you see a uh, petite person. They are uh, wearing a jumpsuit and sort of working away at the damage inside basically preparing the mech to get an arm back. And the person sort of gestures out to Owen and asks for a socket wrench, uh, but they call for a specific gauge. What does Owen do? How useful is, is Owen sort of looking on? Like, tell me how Owen responds to sort of helping to fix his mech. All right. So considering he is confused 90% of the time, he hears go get a socket wrench of whatever size. Sure. And he's like, okay, I got this. I got this. I can do this. I need to fix, fix my mech. So he runs over to whatever like workbench that has like a thousand different socket wrenches, some that aren't even socket wrenches. And he just grabs like a handful of them and then runs back and says, which one? Right. So he does exactly my strategy when I'm trying <laughs> to help my dad. The, the I can't be wrong no matter what <laughs> Bring the entire toolkit over. So Ruby kind of crawls all the way back to the edge of the torso, pokes their head out, looks at Owen and says, okay, so thanks for making work for me and then making more work for me. Just give me that. And they take one and sort of crawl back in. How'd you manage to get this hurt on such a basic mission. I mean, I'm glad you're okay, don't get me wrong, that I'm the one fixing up your mech and not you getting fixed up in sick bay. but what happened? Uh, I didn't use my knives very good, except for once. Once I absolutely destroyed a man, but besides that. That's a real good feeling, destroying a man. <laughs> I wasn't very good with my knives other than when I killed a man. <laughs> Put that on your CV. <laughs> Ruby looks back out at you and you can see Owen from the little light you're shining, uh, kind of their eyes glistening and they say, hey Owen, I have a favor to ask of you because I have a feeling I'm going to be doing this, exactly this, pretty often. So I was thinking, uh, you're, you're a scientist, right? Yes. Yes. And you're in the, the sort of pharmaceutical what, industry? Yes? That's what they tell me. 
back up, back up, back up. When you say that's what they tell me, is that because you aren't sure or, or are you being funny? Oh, uh, whichever one helps you sleep better. Funny you should say that, because uh, I don't sleep. You can't, you're not like a doctor, like a, an MD, right? You can't write prescriptions. I can find prescriptions. Not the same thing, but that's not a problem here. I was wondering if you could score me some fovea, uh, which Owen would know is basically turbo Adderall of the future. I sort of want to socialize this idea. Like, what are some possible sort of fallout-esque side effects for fovea? Oh, gosh. What is fallout for normal Adderall? I don't think there's much, which is why, like, it's a controlled substance, but no one seems to give a shit. Hmm. Okay, then I'm going to go off this one episode of SVU I watched where a kid got hooked on something similar to Adderall, but not that, um, where if you take too much of it, you don't sleep, and then when you don't sleep for too long, you start to hallucinate. Okay, cool. So we'll just bump up the hallucination on this. Yes. Excellent. So yeah, Ruby asks you, yeah, could I just get like a whole bunch of tunnel vision, just packets and pack, does it come in like blister packs? I don't know. <laughs> a sack. Can I get a just a sack of stimulants? One of those big jars, you know, like old time candy stores had those big jars. I want that. But Fovia, can you do that for me? I certainly can try, but I will warn, you can't, can't pop them like candy. That is probably very bad. How bad could it possibly be? Very bad. Like, like, what are we talking here? Because I thought it's just supposed to help, you know, get work done and stuff, which is what I need. Yeah, yes. But also, too much of a good thing is a bad thing, and in this case, hallucinations. Okay, but like, when you say hallucinations, like hearing, hearing shit, or what? What are we talking here? Everything. Like you know how when you take acid and then you look in a mirror and then it's bad times. It's like that, but all the time. <laughs> oh, Owen, I don't know that. I'd ask you to tell me more, but I'm afraid you would. I've only heard from a friend. From, okay, good. Well, can that friend score me some, some drugs? <laughs> I will try my best. Yeah, you're goddamn right you will. Now hand me that blowtorch, not ignited yet, please. Okay, I can do that at least. <laughs> With the camera swinging back away from the arm getting into position, we find ourselves in Sergeant Ironsi's office and she is poring over spreadsheets that basically amount to, she looks at the top row and it says, who was in this battle? And she has to put her own mech's name down. So Julius and Zizek, you watch her type her own mech's name into the spreadsheet from the window to the walnut and how much it costs to run that. And it substantially increased the overhead for the last battle. Wait, Brandon, I'm sorry. Did you yeah. just say from the window to the wall? <laughs> I, I might have zoned out a little bit there. Yeah, so all your mechs have names. Why shouldn't I run these? Julius is definitely like halfway through lighting a cigar. 
from like lighting a cigar in his mouth and he just very slowly lowers both the lighter and the cigar as he considers all of the possibilities and consequences of his next voice line and decides to stick with the silent one. Probably wise. So Ironti puts in some of these numbers, shakes her head, looks across her desk at you and says, and you want to go looking for who again? Fitz Guy? Fitzroy? Yeah, okay, Fitzroy. That sounds like a person's name. That sounds like a name of a person. Okay, you're clearly invested in this. Why should we care about them? Who are they? Well, from the looks of things, Corporal Fitzroy successfully infiltrated and completely decimated an entire legion of soldiers, theoretically by themselves. That is absolutely... Both are either horrifying or would be a very unique asset for us. I'm going to Venn diagram that and say, mm, it's a circle. So that's, I mean, don't get me wrong, that's great. I love that. So let me get this straight. You are arguing that this person, because we were hired to help with and protect uh, extraction of any survivors from that firefight, Fitzroy here falls under our purview to go find him. That can be interpreted from the report, yes. Okay. More or less, it kind of means we didn't finish the job. There's somebody um, else still out there. Okay. But for that to matter, Fitzroy would have to get back to the Princey forces and report that you all screwed this one up. If the reason that we're leaving a pilot behind enemy lines is due to money, then I got spare parts in the back of my mech. I'll walk back. If you really want to leave someone back there, then that's fine. But I have a day off soon. I'll walk. And he slowly brings up another cigar to his mouth, not quite lighting it, just kind of biting at the butt end of it. Wolverining it, if you will. (laughs) Just to be clear, you didn't already, did you already have a cigar in your mouth? Uh, No, he lowered it back into his pocket when he was thinking. Oh, because it's okay. difficult for him to think and bite a cigar at the same time. I, okay, I was just imagining Julius being a cyborg priest dual. man with a walrus thing going on. The, the dual wheels. Right, exactly. Hironsi looks looks at Julius as if he's a crazy person. You can tell by the look of her, she's not quite sure how much of that's a bluff or an exaggeration. And she says, okay, remember that this was because I had to help you all. I had to save you from the last fight. And I don't mind that. You didn't do a bad job. There was a lot more resistance than we were expecting. That's fine. I get it. But the Colonel, the Colonel wants a bit more of a profit margin. The Princey's offered us another job sort of springboarding off this one, it's going to be a bit more involved. If this is that important to you, you can take that mission. Just know that it's going to be rough. If you two are agreeing to this, that means you'll you'll talk Owen into it as well, right? I'm not sure <laughs> I, how difficult that will be, frankly, Sergeant. We, we cut to Owen. Non-stop talking about nonsense while I assumedly Ruby is just going, please shut up, please shut up, please shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, this is bad. This is so bad. 
why are you still talking? Oh, and oh my God, I don't understand organic chemistry. And listening to you, I'm pretty sure you don't either. The, the sergeant is like, I assume you'll talk to Owen about this, and it just smash cuts to Owen, just like, so like the my, so like the microorganism of like the 20th century uh, flea is absolutely insane, dude. It's just crazy, just absolutely wild. You should get absolutely just like. You know, I was just moving tools all over the place, and Ruby's like, stop touching my shit. And just like, <laughs> the tools are in the shape of a 20th century <laughs> flea now. Just like, what the hell are you doing? You know, my dad used to, like, use empty pickle jars. He would, you know, screw the lid to a board, so he'd have a bunch of jars hanging off this board. That's real cool. Why don't you do that? I don't know, because we can go to space now, so I don't need... I don't need to keep my goddamn screws in a fucking gherkin jar. Um, like, do you imagine that there's a use for screwing the pickle to, jar to the board by a nail now? <laughs> I, yes. But, like, a droid follows along floating behind you with its anti-grav. There's a different up. universe where that's what Owen's new arm is made out of. As it's just a bunch of boards with pickle jars, and those are the knives that you throw. <laughs> He's just bar fighting with pickle jars. Camera You're a pickle scientist you. now. Yeah. <laughs> Fermentation is an important process. <laughs> so anyway, back so anyway, to us. <laughs> back, back to you. Ironsi lays it out thus. Okay, well, when we were discussing the last job, the princes did mention that the 180th U.S. Cavalry have been running war games not far from where you were, globally speaking, in the Daniel Boone National Forest, which isn't far from their base either. The reason Young couldn't go out on that mission with you is I sent her out to reconnoiter. Just check out why, why would they be running war games now? Especially with some other intelligence we had, we thought it would be a good idea to check that out. Unfortunately, the exfiltration team that Young was supposed to meet up with, they've gone missing. So now we don't know what's up with the XFIL team, and Hyung is currently somewhere in Kentucky in the woods, which means we need both those things dealt with. So you figure out what happened with the XFIL team and get Hyung back home safely to base. Then I will invest in you figuring out what happened with Fitzroy. This should generate the funds to do that. Does that sound good to you? Zizek takes a look very quickly at like whatever the equivalent of a smartphone is in this universe and mm -hmm. pulls up the map between Kentucky and Ohio. And he's like, oh, they're not that far away. And just kind of holds it up to Julius. He's like, this could work out. Zizek, did you not know that, you know, it's fine. Y'all brief Owen on this and uh, put in the necessary paperwork. So we'll say that happened in the morning um, and you three are a fire team. What would you do to bond? So I don't know what uh, Owen and Zizek like, but the problem is that Julius likes a very particular set of things. And if that particular set of things is not being done, he doesn't want to do it. I have a particular so, set of hobbies. I have, <laughs> I have a particular set of fun. I, I will have say. a specific set of interests. I'll, get, I'll stay away from you and you'll stay away from me. And if you don't, then you'll wish you've never been born. So so while he doesn't hate Owen and Zizek, 
unless they're going bar crawling to mass or playing a good game of like pool or something you'd play inside of a bar, it is unlikely that Julius joins them. All right. I well, Here's what I love about that is then Julius sort of gets dragged along, I think. I think Zizek, having been in close quarters with folks for so long during his time on the Farfield team, for some reason likes being in a sauna. He's just like, let's go to the sauna. It's great. Um, and I think he just sort of like has an open invitation to the team where he's like, we do it every Saturday. This is what we do. We hang out. We debrief. Um, so I'm going to throw that out there and see how it sticks with that one. <laughs> so... <laughs> so funny okay um i th- i think owen is somewhere in the middle where he's like "Ooh, sauna we just get to sit and think and he can just talk and while we're there julius is like ready to kill either owen or himself <laughs> i have two options here <laughs> remember you can do one and then the other you can't do the other than the one yeah that's oh, what packs are then, for. Right. <laughs> but then when Julius is like, okay, I'm going to the bar, Owen's like, yeah, let's go get drunk, which then Julius was like, no, please, not again. Wait, that was a lose-lose for me. <laughs> that, I think this is how this plays out. You all have basically been ordered to socialize a bit to strengthen your bond and work better together as a team. And Julius looks at the two of you and says that he's just going to go drink. Uh, for those of you playing along at home, Sam has made his uh, his background a, a sauna. It's very good. It's a good good oak. I think Owen's response is, yeah, let's, okay, let's go to the bar. Let's get a few drinks in us. Then let's go to the sauna. And it's Julius probably who says, you do realize you just said, hey, let's go get dehydrated before sitting in the warm box. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Your yeah. head goes, woo. <laughs> <laughs> So you end up doing Zizek's thing. <laughs> Have you ever seen the vine where it's just two bros sitting in a hot tub five feet apart because they're not gay? I think that's what Julius and Zizek are doing. And then Owen's right in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> the bridge. <laughs> Ju- Julius spent about 20 minutes scanning through his uh, his smartphone to figure out what uh, which parts of him aren't waterproof. And discovering that all parts of him are waterproof but secretly wanting Zizek to know how much he despises this by because of his cybernetics so he puts like a plastic bag around his ear and says sorry my hearing aid it's, it's not waterproof <laughs> I'm sorry chief and then uh and then what and then goes into the sauna and exactly as what Owen uh, Cam was saying for uh sitting slightly apart from from the distance that Owen is sitting apart from Zizek, and then really wishing that his hearing aid wasn't waterproof as Owen begins. <laughs> I, I love yeah. all of this. I also think, as we said, it's not on base, so it's at a place that's like in in an, in town, but in like kind of the off shoot, not the offshoot of the neighborhood, but like on the edge of town, kind of and all the rooms are different themes um because it's kind of like it's a fun sauna place um and there's a bunch of different rooms people can rent by the hour uh so this one i think is disco themed 
So not only are we sitting there soaking, but there's just a bunch of rotating lights and like we can choose different music. So it's just, it's just sort of like going through, trying to guesstimate what music everyone would like, but it's actually like kind of difficult because you can't get a read on what Owen's listened to at all. And he thinks Julius is only gonna like like religious hymnal stuff. And he's like, oh, that's not really the vibe I'm going for. So. Like to imagine that you you pick the room while Julius was checking to make sure his cybernetics weren't waterproof. So he comes over like, "All right, I'm ready." And then they walk into the disco room, and he's like, "Oh." <laughs> and Zizek made the executive decision. So you all did sit in blissful silence for a few minutes until you realized that the entire playlist is "More Than a Woman" by the Bee Gees from the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. Uh, Owen finally breaks the silence, prattling on and on, and it occurs to Julius and Zizek that you have to sell him on this incredibly dangerous mission. So knowing that Owen was the only one to sustain critical damage in the last fight, even though we had repair kits, so it wasn't like too bad, Julius kind of like rubs his like Mechan rubs his like mechanical pacemaker a little bit, like embedded in his chest, and looks at Jack for a moment and says, "Hey Owen, uh, you like money, right?" Yes. Uh, you want to go to Kentucky? What's in Kentucky? Oh, you know, uh, In and Out. Ooh, uh... they have good burgers. I've heard. I've never been. We should go right now. Yeah, that's good. And while we're there, we'll uh, swing by a forest and save lives. Uh, oh, a forest? Are there like animals there that we're rescuing or something? In in a manner of speaking, you know, <laughs> there's you know when you know when your friends lose something and yes, they're like, oh, I need help finding it, and then your mm -hmm. friends feel a lot, they feel a lot more close when you help them find it. <laughs> yeah, I That's lose things what, a lot. <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna go Kentucky to help some friends out. Okay. And get hamburgers while we're there, but not yet. We still have 30 minutes on the room. And I want to get our money. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. I swear to God, if track one plays again, I'm going to freak out. The right. remote control falls into the water and like fizzles. <laughs> it's, it's just the bridge over and over and over again. <laughs> There's also a hologram version of the Bee Gees that are just dancing and also sort of gets stuck. And like just in between dance moves, so they never. Do we? How did we afford this room? And I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> also, I I like that uh, both Julius and Jajek tried to dance around the issue. When I'm pretty sure we could just say, "Hey, Owen, we're going on a mission in Kentucky. You win," and he'd be like, "Yeah." I think we we coddle the boy a little bit. <laughs> we, we, we nurture him. <laughs> innocent. <laughs> Good. Julius and Zizek, I imagine you feel pretty good. You're like, okay, we were totally honest and we sold Owen on this mission and confirmed badass Hyung uh, couldn't handle this, but we can. Of course we can. So you feel pretty good about that. Woo, we're going on a mission. We're going to go get burgers. Ooh, we're going to have a nice fun bonding time. Hopefully Julius will be happy this time. Uh... <laughs> Maybe the song will stop playing. <laughs> Even Owen's getting a little concerned. 
and and with that, uh, if I can't have you by Yvonne Elliman comes on, you're all relaxing for a little oh, bit. Then as Zizek stands up to sort of pour some more water on the rocks, more than a woman comes back on again. <laughs> Where's the remote? I'm done. And you're going to have whomever edits this lay at least like 30 a seconds few, of a this. A few seconds, yeah. yeah what, area, what's yeah. the copy? <laughs> just a few, a copyright length amount of time right. just between the awkward silences. <laughs> And for those of you also right, I mean, I already stole like the structure of like that joke. Um, it's from a John Mulaney bit of the like time he went to a diner and put on. Oh, the salt and pepper diner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not gonna do it. Just look it up if you don't know that one. So salt and pepper diner, you said. Yeah. Okay. Very good. So we cut on Julius screaming. Uh, part. <laughs> Partly out of anger, partly because it burns to plunge his hand into the, the hot water because Zizek did drop the remote in there. It's waterproof. The hand Julius put in the water isn't. He put his bio hand in there for some reason. I thought it would burn less. Don't, I don't know why, but hey, I'm just, I'm here to observe and report. So it's night and we are in a in a shopping mall on the outskirts of Dayton, Ohio. Dayton's a much cooler place in the robo future. Listen, Mr. DM, if we never leave, then it would be too soon. <laughs> Dayton's basically the Austin of Ohio, which is the San Francisco of Texas. Perfect. So we're in a mostly abandoned Midwestern shopping mall. I want you to imagine sort of, you know, there's a food court, there's a Sparrow, but the Savaro has not been open in years. So everything, everything that could be worth anything in it has been pitted out, but then no one gave a shit to like cover it up or anything. So there's sort of the letters are there, but the covers on the front are all pulled out and there's like two light bulbs left in there. There's a shoe store, but only half of it has anything on the walls. That's the sort of thing where we're thinking, right? And uh, sneaking around is a woman in a U.S. military uniform. Uh, Corporal Fitzroy's eyes are never in the same place for more than the time it takes to correctly identify what is there. They are constantly looking for threats, even if they're fully confident that they're not around, because they aren't ever fully confident that they are that there's not around. They have been in combat far too much to even dream that there isn't something invisible or something that is like camouflaged or that the merchant behind the counter isn't going to whip out a Glock. Have you, have you been to Ohio? <laughs> they well, they have nothing in Glock merchants. No, they're brand loyal <laughs> out there. It's all Berettas all the way down. All Berettas. <laughs> I think to that end, uh, Corporal Fitzroy is probably not playing the paying the closest attention to when people are like oh thank you for your service or like trying to talk to them about being in that outfit they're just like oh it takes them a second to register like, oh yeah of course so they're not they're not exactly playing that role all that well very nervous yeah yeah Fitzroy walks into a clothing store in this U.S. uniform and this is the uniform she bloodied up 
the least and is sort of able with some some cleverness to make it look maybe a little disheveled but no visible like wounds or tears or anything as her eyes dart around and she's approached by a woman with a baby in a stroller who says thank you for your service and that's right uh-huh yeah and just not making eye contact after Fitzroy just brushes off this this mother, one of the clerks at the store kind of gives her the eyes. There's something weird about this one. So y'all, tell me, what clothing store is Fitzroy in? What kind of clothes is, is she here to steal? Gap. No, Old Navy. You know, I was actually like gut instinct was just, she's in a gap. <laughs> so I, I want you to actually explain to me though, what is the functional difference between a gap and an old Navy? So like the gap is like where you go when you're an adult, but old Navy is where you go when you're like, I don't want to spend money, but I still need clothes. Okay. And you sure. like colors. So she, she's committing as low level of a <laughs> shoplifting crime as physically possible. I want to bump this up a little bit, right? Let's let's <laughs> let's judge this up a bit, right? Like she wants to blend in with shitbag Americans. So Fitzroy is in some crummy little department store, and she's looking to steal some clothes. Not that I've ever stolen before, but. <laughs> I th I'm thinking it goes pretty well. She finds what she needs, uh, checks for those, like, I don't know what they're called, the little tags that explode if you pull them off without the thing. Right. Finds none, ducks into, like, an area where there's either no cameras or no one's looking and just throws it on and then starts sneaking around doing that. But the thing is, I think that uh, when she was getting the clothes, she wasn't, like, perfectly calculating like fashion like I think she has an understanding of fashion but she's she's in a very dangerous situation right now and she might not be paying too much attention so I think she's wearing like just something that doesn't quite work together like not enough to like arouse like suspicion but maybe not like totally in sync with what's going on around yeah yeah this yeah time. she went to the clearance of last season <laughs> right and so it's just like, it's maybe spring and now she's got like a very chunky sweater on and you're like, <laughs> hmm, that's a little too much. <laughs> yes. It's a little hot there, maybe. <laughs> so she makes her way through this crummy little department store after ignoring some mother who so obsequiously thanked her for her service, got the eyes from some teenager. She sneaks around Sears and like you said, Jason, just kind of not really paying attention to what she was planning on stealing. So we cut out to her in the warm sun in a fleece coat to cover up the uniform that she did keep and a t-shirt that says, white, straight, male, Republican, how else can I piss you off today? And boy, that makes some, some people give this black woman some looks. Don't worry, the social contract will keep her safe from any questions. Yep, so everyone's just going to be like, all right, that's weird, but I'm walking to work right now <laughs> you know it's sharing the right to wear that yeah yeah uh and yes cam please that will go perfectly with your women want me fish fear me baseball cap please only wear from now on <laughs> anytime yeah. we record just word 
Yeah. I'm unmute so that the listeners can know how funny I am. (laughs) (laughs) They need proof, damn you. They need proof. That's like the sub goal of this podcast. (laughs) It's just, I want recorded proof. (laughs) We need to get a. We need to get our poor editor a uh, like the Jeb right. like the, a laugh. like the Jeb please clap shirt on yeah. the Obama background, but instead it's Brandon's like disappointed face saying please laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can sell that as merch. Excellent, cool. So we rejoin our heroes. So the three of you stroll up to the motor pool and the Lance Corporal in charge. Oh, oh, hello, hello, sirs. Hello, what can I get you to take you to the place you want to go? Ooh, the dossier does not say where you are going. That's exciting. What do you want to get there? Well, I feel like Rainbow Thorn has good, uh, good ha- has put good money into transportation. Obviously, we want to be able to handle missions outside of Dayton, Ohio, occasionally, only occasionally. So I feel like we have ground units as well as air units and maybe even something naval. If we're now we're not near a coast at all, that would be useless. Because <laughs> we have a yacht that's kind of grounded. I kind of like the idea of we're going there in a semi truck with like oh, our trip, with like the rainbow trip. thorn logo on the side of it. And like our mechs are like laid out in the back as we're driving and like we hear a scratching sound and no one's like, no! <laughs> uh i i kind of love that i i think i uh yeah i think i think we're driving there in a semi truck parking on a like the creepy ledge beside every single force somehow <laughs> yeah a semi truck yeah. it is let's go good surviving entirely off of taquitos and strip club pbr um <laughs> i think one of us definitely make makes our own turkey of some kind but <laughs> Does not There's no way Owen doesn't is. have one of those uh, toasters that you can plug into a, a AC cord, uh, adapter <laughs> in, in the car. Just like, where do you even get one of those cords? And Owen's like, I just found it. <laughs> so perfect. You say to uh, the motorcade corporal that you want a semi truck. Okay, but you understand, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Rossi, um, that. We don't put the logo on the side of our of our semi trucks. We're not gonna. You're you're taking this on a mission. Yes. You want the logo on the side. Yes. You know what? Now that you're saying it, maybe we're just in a semi truck. Yeah. Good call. Excellent. <laughs> uh, excellent idea. Very uh, smart, sir. <laughs> very smart. I, lo- very I love good. I love this guy. I, I need this guy to like. We need him to survive to the whole podcast. <laughs> we need to protect him at all costs. <laughs> the, yeah, he's definitely going to be at the center of a tower defense scenario. Um, and, and fans, <laughs> write into us and let us know what you think this character should be named. Because yes. we don't have a name yet. Not yet. Cool. So, signs off on the semi-truck and we cut to... Of course, this semi-truck can drive itself. We have self-driving cars now. It, they still have a cigarette lighter for the thing, though. And Owen is plugging in a very small rotating pizza oven. <laughs> anyway, I think that getting the lieutenant is probably the best course of action. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. There's such a good shot that if we get into trouble while searching for the party, that having 
such a powerful sniper rifle behind us it's gonna make me a little bit happier at least she may also have intel as to what went on yeah although that brings up the other problem we're gonna have to find them her excuse me all these pronouns these days narrator fuck you julie <laughs> <laughs> We sort of cut out and see the semi truck. And just to remember, the trailer has to be huge because there's three mecha in the back. Yeah, it's sort of a semi truck cab, but it's a bit more circular so that y'all can like look at each other, right? Because it's self driving. You don't have to face forward. And then three trailers stacked on top of each other in the back. No, which doesn't stop Owen from begging you to go to the drive-thru at McDonald's. <laughs> I'll crush the whole thing. You must think of the consequences. McDonald's, McDonald's. There's <laughs> just a McDonald's bag constantly sitting in the pizza oven. Julius wishes Owen said, are, you, are we there yet? So he stopped talking about anything else. So y'all make uh, your way to Daniel Boone National Forest pretty easily actually i think the first things first would probably be activate any scanners or sensors that we have to try and see if we can identify any tracks or signs of the lieutenant yeah so even in your radio you get into your encoded uh rainbow thorn band Shizek gets on the line calling for lieutenant young calling for lieutenant young uh this is Zizek of Rainbow Thorn. Yeah, I believe we've met. Okay. Yes. Yes. Oh, uh, great. Lieutenant. Hey. Uh, hi. Yes. Lieutenant Hyung here. So, Shizek, they said your fire team out here. Are you with a different a different outfit? Uh, no. Uh, still the same fire team. Uh, uh, with Julius and and Owen, we're here to we're here to pick you up. Where are you? There's a long pause, <laughs> and then you hear her say. Oh, okay. And then what we, in, in our mind's eyes, see is the visitor center. Lieutenant Kung is sort of hunkered down next to a, a vending machine. And she says, well, I'm glad you're on your way. I've been surviving off Andy Cap's hot fries that expired sometime in the 2400s. Just in case you're wondering if several year old Andy Cap's fries go stale, no more than they already did. So there we go. That's a plus. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm sort of kind of in the middle of the woods. She describes a location a couple miles out from the forest where she hid the penitent anvil and explains, yeah, so if you can come through, get me, and then get me to the anvil, because it won't open for anyone else, then we can fend off whoever and then go on to the next thing. Does that sound like a good plan? You just have to get into the center of this forest. Can, can you do that? We can do that. We have to get to the visitor center that you're at? Yeah, yeah. What does so, the building look like? <laughs> uh, I mean, like a highway rest stop. Wonderful. Yeah. Oh, and also, so uh, we see she looks out the window past the moth-eaten pamphlets and you see these gorgeous 
endless acres of oak trees. And then peeking out over the tree line, a couple of USA Mecca walk along and come upon a couple more that are sitting in a clearing. She turns back to the phone. There's a lot, a lot of US Mecca here. So if you could not get us killed, that would be amazing. Can you do that? We can certainly try. <laughs> I think on. if we can get you to your mech, that'll make things a little bit easier. So we I, may have to be a little sneaky. I absolutely agree with that. But she says, uh, Shishak, I'm going to need you to really believe in you because I don't have the energy to believe in both of us right now. So can you believe in you for me? Can you do this? Absolutely. I'll believe in myself and Julius and Owen. We'll figure out a plan. You're going to figure out a plan. Cool. Perfect. Great. I'm glad. I'm going to have a discussion with Ironsi when I get back. But until then, I'm going to just hang out here. Hey, hey, how far in the woods can you go, Zizek? As far as I need to go? <laughs> halfway, because if you go further than halfway, you're on your way out. Hyung, ah. out. All right, so we have USA mechs that are nearby in the, uh, the lieutenant's position. Jack, you have grenades, right? Yes, I do. Those explode pretty loud. Owen, do you have anything in your pockets? Uh, no. Maybe a knife. That took a really long time <laughs> to decide now. <laughs> When you've been working with your mech for a few years now, I was be hoping that you'd have a better understanding of the uh, interior. You, you know what? I'm sorry. Please keep making your pizza. All right, so Julius puts down, like, a piece of paper, puts an X on it. He, obviously, they have hologram that they could draw on, but Julius just likes paper. All right. To be clear, this is a piece of paper, not a pizza paper. Owen got excited. <laughs> Julius grabs the cardboard box from the microwave pizza they purchased. No. Um, so Julius puts an X. This is young. He puts a few circles. These are the USA troops. We're hoping, hopefully, we find something that we can block line of sight. Zizek, you and me are going to go over here. And he points to a direction away from the lieutenant. We plant a mine. I shoot a mortar at the mine to maximize the chance that we hit it since, as we've identified, targeting can be one of our issues. After I shoot the mine, I run like hell. Then while they are chasing after the explosion, I keep shooting ex mortars to make it sound like there's combat going on in the distance. You guys go to Lieutenant Young's position, get her, get her to her mech, and then we have Lieutenant Young ready for battle, and hopefully the USA soldiers somehow get lost in the woods despite being in giant mechs. That sounds good. Owen, what's what's the speed on your mech? Let's compare uh, who's going to be the, the carrier and who's going to provide cover. I have a speed of four. I also have a speed of four, so I guess it's all good. Do you want to carry him, or do you want me to? 
Uh, I think you should because if for whatever reason I get into battle, most of my things are close combat, and I feel like that could end very poorly. <laughs> Great. So if I'm understanding correctly, the idea is that um, uh, a couple of you are going in on foot, and then one of you is going in with your mech, and that has another seat added, so Hyung can hop in that, and then you boogie to the anvil and get her in there. Well, I, I think we're going with Jajek in his mech, Jajek in his mech, Julius in his mech, and then Owen can either, uh, sorry, Jajek in their mech, Julius in his mech, and Owen either on foot or in his mech, whatever he's more comfortable with, and just relying on the distraction of the explosions to distract the USA enough so that we can sneak by. Because if things go tops, if things go uh, badly, if we're all in our mechs, then we're at least to fight. We can at least fight it out and maybe have to repair it afterwards. But if one of us is in a pilot, then they get shot by one gun and they're just gone. Excellent. So, yeah. So you want some protective gear uh, that is made of metal. You could even say it's a metal gear. <laughs> <laughs> solid, solid joke. Solid joke. <laughs> You don't have to be such a snake about it. <laughs> I hate you. Yeah, I get, I get that, that a lot. What does that even mean? Doesn't. To be fair, neither does most of the shit in the Metal Gear games. Um, you're getting closer, um, and you see a checkpoint on the edge of the forest. There are like a couple of like access roads as you're rolling up, so you could drive off and hope that they don't, that these soldiers don't ask like, oh, what's a semi-truck doing out here? You see two guards with assault rifles at this guard station. What do you want to do? Any of us good at lying or forging documents? So I have charm. Is this a skill trigger? We could try and charm our way out of this. Is that a uh, question? I have charm. <laughs> I have charm. Um, that's when you discover that you have charm, right? You're looking right. in the mirror and you're like, I have charm. Um, that is such a wholesome thing to discover in a mirror. <laughs> I love that. Uh, so we could charm our way through it. I think that's the only skill trigger that I could probably apply to this. I can mm -hmm. yell at them and pretend that I'm an authority figure. I can fight, or I have something called word on the street, which means I know how to gossip. And All right, so Zizek is going to be our, <laughs> Zizek will be our first. Our, 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 plan A is Zizek, plan B is me pulling, pulling my old rank from the military. Hopefully they still know what a veteran is. I do kind of want to see how I can gossip our way out of this situation. And you know what, Owen? If if it gets to it, you tell him all of the blackmail that you know about the U.S. Army. I love the idea of Owen just being so catty a bitch that yeah. <laughs> that anyone just goes, yeah, you know, whatever you want. I don't want to be on this this mean girl's bad side. Owen's like, I'm a man, and they're like, but you sound like a mean girl. Owen just talks about mitochondria for 45 minutes. The traffic line goes three miles deep. 
on Wednesday, we're the powerhouse of the cell. Um, <laughs> that's perfect. Cool. So the mean girls, but they're AP biology students and really like it. Cool. Well, shut down the podcast. We have a screenplay to pitch. <laughs> Ulu, you like remaking stuff, but like weirdly and inappropriately, here we go. Here's an incompatible idea. Great. So you're rolling up and the sensors, the self-driving on your robo truck says like, oh, there's a guardrail down. It comes to a stop. And one of the soldiers steps up to the side and says, uh, the forest park is closed. We are uh, running some maneuvers out here. So if y'all could just uh, back up a bit and uh, leave, that'd be great. So here's the thing. We have a, a medical emergency and we need to get through the forest. It's the quickest way to go given our semi truck. Um, and I think, you know, unless you guys want to help us out and I motion and kind of like wink back to Julius and Owen to let them know that this is not going well. We may need to fight our way out of it. And I'm trying to coerce them into the cabin. Um, I'm trying to deceive them. So, Ju so then Julius, with the wink, is going to quickly tinker with his pacemaker to make it seem like it it's glitching out. And he's going to, like, stagger his, his way over to the window, holding it, as he's also putting on his old veteran lapels from, wor from working in the U.S. military uh, before it was broken up. And he's going to say... You mind letting a veteran through, son? And he's going to roll his pull rank trigger. Uh-huh. To attempt to skimoodle his way through this. So just to be clear, you are both faking a heart attack and trying to say, but I'm a sergeant, ergo, get out of my way so I can go have a heart attack over there. Yes, because it's a medical... <laughs> the forest is the quickest way through, come on! That's, yeah. I learned that in junior high geometry. The quickest line between two points is a forest. <laughs> he fought for his right to have a heart attack wherever he goddamn pleases, right? <laughs> he is an American soldier. There's my parade for having a heart attack. Okay. All right, but he rolled a six, so his lapels are like the really old ones from before the U.S. separated and therefore are invalid. The soldier didn't even notice because he motion, motioned to his squad mate uh, who's running up with the first aid kit and defibrillator. Both of them have the rifles slung over their shoulders. Get out of the way. Lay back. You, you, old man, lay down. And they're climbing up into the cab. Open up. Let us in. Come on. <laughs> All right. Uh, Julius is going to, <laughs> Julius is going to like nod quickly and like, and like lay down and let both of the guys in and pray to God that Owen is better at throwing punches so that they can knock these guys out and just start driving. Where are my things? So, right. great. So uh, Julius lies down and the first soldier like, you know, tears open his shirt and they get the defibrillators ready, right? As Owen is getting the uh, getting his uh, getting his punches ready, uh, before we do this, d did it seem like Owen was going to start throwing throwing punches, or did it seem like I... you know what, Jason? We'll find out. We'll find out very <laughs> soon. But because because Julius 
as he lays down, is going to shout an order to Owen so that <laughs> Owen can add a D6 to the roll with leadership dice and say, hurry up and knock them out before they tase me. <laughs> okay, so they get the defibrillators out and you yell at Owen to knock them out before they tase you. And time slows. The soldiers scan the cab. They see some weapons. They see your mech handling PDAs. They see a pizzazz pizza oven. And they know you three are up to no good. And they draw their rifles. I should say the five of you are now in combat in this fairly small space. I think Owen was going to make maybe the initial move. Brandon. So here's how we're going to do this is they were coming to you three. So the way we ran it last time, and I think this makes sense, is that you three will take your turns, then the opponents will take their turns. As they bring their rifles to bear, that's when you three can act. Or in Julius's case, get up. Alright, so... Realistically, Julius would only have his cane on him. You guys might want to start shooting so Julius can get, whap them in the leg. <laughs> Owen, you go ahead and go first, since you were the one who got the order to <laughs> knock them out for pre-tasing. Okay, how close am I to them? You can hit Am I within Yes, you are swing within. distance? Okay, so Owen, I guess, says, I'm going to swing my arms like this, and if you get hit, that's your own fault. <laughs> says directly yes. to the people. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thanks for the warning. That really could have been bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to swing. Okay. okay, that's great. Um, t t 10. <laughs> cool. With your roll of 10, uh, these guys have evasions of eight. So with your little haymaker thing, you hit him right in the jaw and he goes <laughs> straight down. Unfortunately, the other has her gun pointed at you and she's just going to uh, open fire in this, this small space. I'm fucking dead. Oh God, my heart. <laughs> this is what, what does your heart bad. She has her rifle up and she pulls the trigger and it sends a three round burst out and it sort of wings you for three damage, okay. Owen. So unless Owen has armor on, he is now half dead. <laughs> Sometimes it'd be that way. I'm accident prone. <laughs> Sometimes it'd be like that. <laughs> so yeah, Owen, a round just passes through Owen's shoulder. Oh no! <laughs> Uh, and right to the, the floor. So using my skill trigger to stay cool, which allows me to perform a task that requires concentration, dexterity, speed, or precision under pressure. We're getting shot at. I think that's safe to assume we're under pressure. Bum, 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 yes. <laughs> uh, I want to use my pilot weapon, which is a trench axe, and try and thread at the other soldier to uh, get the gun off of them. Ooh, that is going to be a nine. Ooh, well, her evade is eight. 
So, you embed the axe square in the middle of her chest. <laughs> All right. And she is down. And that's it. You, I, you solved my two soldiers at a guardhouse puzzle. He solved my puzzle that I... <laughs> in the best way possible with a trench axe to the chest. I was going to say, this... You made it. You made a huge problem out of this, but you found your way out again, and you yeah. can only go halfway into a problem. So hey, I was shot. Yep. <laughs> Don't worry, we can fix you. Yeah. So in character, what is happening right now? Zizek has crying. Thrown, yeah, crying. Okay, cool. Uh, Julius is out of his chair and into the driver's seat because they need to get through this guard station before anybody investigates the sound of the bullets. Yeah, can we override the the automatic driving on the truck? Absolutely. Sweet. Yeah, so suddenly the uh, hologram telling it to stop doesn't matter as much as Julius. Actually, I should ask if there is like a normal barricade. Does like Julius need to break out of the car and lift the barricade manually in order to get through, or is it like just like a system thing where it like tells the automatic car to stop until it's allowed to go again? There's an actual arm with diagonal black and white stripes. <laughs> How has this lasted five hundred years? Um, it's a national forest. They're not known for being on the cutting edge of technology. That's right, kind so of then, not the point, right? Like, <laughs> so then Julius is going to look at Owen and Jujek and say, "All right, uh, I think we're just gonna hope that there are no other guards nearby, and we're just gonna go." Owen, you're bleeding all over, just all over, as the truck shakes as Julius floors it. Owen and Jujek, what do you want to do in this moment? Um, when the soldiers came on, they had a first aid kit, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to grab that and hope to God there's something helpful in there. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. You can, um, abs- you can absolutely, like, there are compresses in there. Uh, this is the future. So you can just kind of it on the, on the wound and it instantly sort of cauterizes it. Um, Heck yeah. So you're good. So while Owen is doing that, Julius is going to jog out of the car with his action and quickly just start. Hopefully, the like console for the uh, for the lifter just has a big red button that says "Good to go" or something, <laughs> so that so that he doesn't need to like whip through fifty different buttons to figure out which one raises the lever. <laughs> the G to G button, good to go. Yeah. That's it. That's definitely what GTG signals is. Raise the arm <laughs> on the barricade. Yeah, that's it. Yes, it is It is so simple a system, even a private could do it. So yes, Julius, you run out of the truck and raise the button. While Owen is, we'll say, self-soothing, uh, Julius, you are on your way back to the truck. The soldier Owen decked. Oh, he's uh, alive. Yeah, so could... Could Zizek and Owen roll uh, a sort of like notice, like basically a, a spot check? It's a 13. Three. Zizek, you notice that the other soldier's eyes flutter open. Mm-hmm. And 
she starts getting up, uh, and her hand is going to her sidearm. Grab the trench axe out of the other <laughs> and whip it. Uh, I'll use uh, apply fist to faces, which is another skill trigger I have to just try and knock her out for a longer period of time, so we can figure out what to deal with or how Great. to deal with them. Great. I'm definitely in the murder hobo territory here. So. <laughs> I was really hoping your 11 would have came through there. Unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, I got a 7 on that. So you take a swing. Like You weren't anticipating like she's not steady on her feet, so she kind of stumbles back a little bit and does pull her gun. I'm going to roll against your evasion, though, just because I know usually like bad guys just kind of hit. But since she is pretty concussed, uh, evasion is an eight, FYI. With a six, she shoots wide, breaks the the bullet actually ricochets through the windshield. Julius, you are now getting back to the cab. So, Zizek, Owen, and Julius, you're all there. There's a woman with a gun. Her wits are rapidly returning to her. What are y'all gonna do? Uh, Julius comes into the car holding his cane which he waddled back in on and he's going to grab that cane and just try to bring it across this poor soldier's face as at this point they are fully invested in messing this up as much as possible he rolled a two though so it catches on the door that he opened and just (laughs) flings into the she's going to pistol whip you for two damage Oh. oh man yeah, I don't like I don't like this part where the enemies just hurt us. <laughs> you swing your cane, you you miss, you just miss because you were climbing back up into the cab, and she just with the butt of the gun in your face. I wanna try and kick her out of the cab. <laughs> Sounds good to me. I will use stay cool for that. Be precise. And that is gonna be a 15. Nice. So she Bops Julius on the face with the butt of her pistol. He falls out, and then Zizek, you sort of swat kick her in the small of the back, so she actually sort of launches over Julius, who's crumpled at the floor, and she tumbles out. Uh, Julius is then going to, assuming that she doesn't immediately wake up again, is going to try and find if there's like an obvious radio on them. So, Julius, you stand up, uh, and as you stand up, she rolls over, and she's still holding her pistol, and she is leveling it at you. Julius is going to dive into the car and shut the door to in an attempt to get full cover. Good call. Uh, you hear a couple of those telltale ping, pings. Step on it, step on it. Owen dives for the, the, the controls and starts driving, <laughs> or trying yeah. to. Owen indeed steps on it. And, and y'all are rolling into the woods. Uh, what do you want to do now? Julius nursing his broken nose since, ow, he is one third dead, is going to uh, look at Zizek and say, is there any like voice modulator thing we could use to mess up with their radio? I was thinking the same thing. Um, I could try and charm again. That one's so well the first audience. Time. Hey, you know, it's all in the rolls, baby. One of my skill triggers is to invent or create new devices. 
I like that. that can you want, help. If you can, you like quickly like make the make the radio so that it cuts a garbled voice like those weird masked dudes on TV. I can certainly <laughs> try. Because <laughs> I just... think I think they're gonna warn about something happening and. In some distant place, and hopefully that will help scare off the guys around from around the lieutenant. So as Owen picks up the radio, you hear a sort of boop as someone like gets onto the network and starts describing your semi truck, basically putting on an APB. Bogey's inbound. Bogey's inbound, and then she starts describing your your truck. So whatever it is you want to do, Owen, you better do fast. What would it be more helpful here? Scrambling their network or trying to throw them off? So we, we, we do have two paths here. We Because we, the only thing we have access to is a radio, the only things that we can do is A, lie that we are USA forces that commandeered it and are taking it back for inspection. And hopefully if we do well enough on that lie for once in our lives, we are able to throw them off our scent and either throw them off our either either throw them off the scent or like do something else, or we could try to like intimidate them into thinking that there's a bigger threat coming, and that the truck is not worth even paying attention to. And of course, that there's there's the stuff that I, I'm not sure how technologically advanced this radio is, but maybe you could just hack the system <laughs> and just destroy everything. But uh, I'm not I'm not entirely sure how. Uh, mechanically advanced this basic radio is. And Julius wouldn't be sure either, because despite being a, a cyborg, he is not that big of a fan of machinery. Can I throw the radio at Gisek and say, quickly, charm out of this? Roll a charm check. <laughs> yeah, you absolutely can do that. All right. Catch the radio. And here we go. <laughs> Uh, that is going to be an 11. Looking at the uh, soldier or guard that we still have uh, in the cabin with us, I assume that they have some sort of name tag and oh. call sign on, on their person, right? Yeah. So using that stuff. information, um, I try to impersonate them by giving that into the radio. So say something to the effect of like, oh, like, you know, uh, uh, we're already in pursuit of that. Um, we're bringing it back to our locale and uh, for inspection. Disregard the message. I, Private Vincent? That's me, baby. <laughs> you know it. Vincent, I really wish you would take shit seriously. None of this, that's me, baby stuff. No, no, there's someone here. We've had this conversation. We've had it more than once. What is the matter with you? Just trying to do my job. I told you, we're already in pursuit of it. We're, we're taking care of it. I'll report any findings that we have coming forward. Uh, uh, but right now, thank you for the information. There's nothing for you to worry about. I'm just doing my job, sir. Yeah, great, good. See that you do. Click. Oh, click. <laughs> Hang up the radio. <laughs> Over and out or whatever. Well, okay, but but then you still hear the other soldier come on the line and say, that wasn't Private Vincent. 
you still have to do something about this problem, you guys. You have to handle something here. <laughs> now I think we should try and hack and break their radio completely to cut no, yeah, communications. Like, yeah, that message shouldn't be allowed to go through. Oh, and I think that's your jam. All right, throw it let's back throw. to Owen. <laughs> Hot potato. <laughs> Hot potato. Um, am I still driving at this point as well? No, no, I think. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. That is a 21. <laughs> Jesus. Nice. Very good. Very so, good. So, yeah, that's going to be a pretty much unmitigated success. What are you going to do? Um, I am going to, oh, geez, I don't know how, how, how advanced these radios are, but Cam, I'm going to try Cam, to make it. Yeah, yeah Cam, yeah. the world is your burrito on this one. Like, oh, God, this is <laughs> really, okay. I'd really like to imagine that on the 21, sorry, I'm, I promise I'll let you do whatever, but like, you, you just <laughs> cut it up like it's a magazine and just say, that was Private Vincent, <laughs> just, it's awful, <laughs> she's not good at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get into the communication so that maybe not her specifically, but just you can't get good communication through um, to try to hack up what she said so it's either unintelligible or it just does it doesn't work anymore. It's just no more communication. <laughs> so are you so are you specifically cutting her off, or are you just making it so that nobody can communicate with anybody? Nobody. <clears throat> So you're closing all communication lines. Yeah. That's what happens. Fuck, fuck that radio. <laughs> Can I get that one more time, Cam, for the good audio? <laughs> fuck the radio. <laughs> Thanks, Ollie. That helped a lot. Um, good. So with the 21, Owen pops open the radio and says, uh, yeah, we'll try this. And just crosses a few of the wires and you know how every region has its own television station for old people's TV shows? Mm-hmm. Like TV sure. Land or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's what you get, right? Suddenly the, the audio coming over the radio network is just... I love Lucy. Yeah, good. So you just hear uh, Desi Arnaz just screaming at Lucy. Like, that's all that's coming over the comms now. <laughs> so as the truck barrels into the darkness of the forest, uh, you hear, Lucy, you have some splaining to do. All according to plan. (laughs) 